against Bitcoin. It's going up forever. You're against Bitcoin. You're against freedom. Yo, welcome to another episode of Simply Bitcoin Live. We're your number one source for the people. Peaceful Bitcoin revolution cover breaking news, culture, matic warfare. We will be your guide through the separation of money and state. Ladies and gentlemen, BlackRock now holds almost 50,000 Bitcoin, um, meaning roughly $2 billion worth of Bitcoin. Uh, this is a, com like, this is a complete change in tune. Uh, not that long ago, uh, circa 2017, Larry Fink was using the same wording that uh, Jamie Dimon was using that uh, to quote him, Bitcoin is an index of money laundering, right? What changed? What changed since then and now? And this isn't just Larry Fink. We, we've seen this pattern happen many, many times. We've also seen Michael Saylor, the Chad Saylor. Uh, he tweeted out back in the early days that this Bitcoin thing was not going to work. And now he is like the leader of this movement on the public company level. So you know, Bitcoin's incentives stay winning. We did an episode last week where we covered, it was a Reuters article actually that came out where it said that uh, the Chinese people were fleeing the stock market and they were buying Bitcoin. Mind you, this is in one of the most totalitarian countries in the world that is actually where it's actually illegal to buy to my uh, to buy Bitcoin and to mine Bitcoin. But people still mine and they still buy Bitcoin. Why? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Even with the risk of being potentially prosecuted, potentially jailed, well, it's because of Bitcoin's incentives. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to win because of its incentives. My money is on incentives. My money is not on coercion. I don't think coercion is going to beat incentives. Uh, and a great example of this is a look at what happened every time, every time, you know, uh, humanity goes through this. Uh, it threw a tyrannical moment, right? Whether that's the Berlin Wall or whether, you know, I live in Miami, right? Uh, the Cubans are willing to risk their lives, get on a raft and hope that they land in Florida uh, for the search of freedom. They want freedom. The Berlin Wall people were willing to risk their lives to, you know, with the risk of being potentially shot uh, for the hope of freedom, right? So there's two examples of two systems where they tried to coerce people into, you know, towing the party line, following the rules. And people are just like, no, I, I, I want freedom. And that's what Bitcoin embodies. That's what it represents. It represents freedom. And even BlackRock, even this institution that we all perceived it to be, you know, this evil institution, ESG. And, you know, I always came from the school of thought because it's what's what it's done to my life, what it's done to the people around you, is that BlackRock was never going to change Bitcoin. It was going to be Bitcoin that changed BlackRock. And that sentence, right, you don't change Bitcoin, Bitcoin changes you. Apply that to everything, right? Apply that to the relationship between individuals and governments. Apply that to how these uh, multinational corporations start to behave. Once you fix the base layer of society, I truly believe life gets better. The lives of people get better. The decisions that these companies start to make are better, not necessarily because all of a sudden they start to care about other people, but because they're using a system with, align with an aligned incentive structure model. 
Look at what happened to El Salvador. It is not a coincidence that Naim Bukele is the most popular president in the Americas, and El Salvador was the first country to make Bitcoin legal tender. Aligned incentives, best, in, uh, best incentive structure model. This is why Bitcoin's gonna win. This is why Bitcoin is freaking unstoppable. So if you haven't already done so, get on the train, take self-custody. Uh, this is gonna be a crazy, crazy ride. Anyways, no more delay. I do want my legendary co-host. He is kind of smiling today. Uh, I would give him, if it was like a, a rated out of 100, I would give it like an, an 82. It was like a like caught in 4K. I don't know what Opti's doing. Uh, now I'm, I'm just, smiling. I'm, I'm just laughing Optimus at the chat, Optimus Fields man. is back, man. How you doing, bro? What poll, what, what poll did you drop? What poll did you oh, drop yeah. in the live I don't chat? Know. I mean, the price is How pumping. bullish are you feeling? Okay, yeah. I like it. Semi-bullish, bull-tarded AF, or Bitcoin is dead. And I think we're getting trolled in a little there because uh, Bitcoin is never dead. But yeah, man, God's good. Life is great. I'm I'm happy to be here. It feels good. Another Monday in the books. But yeah, man, it's very interesting how Bitcoin's incentives, you know, just just make people switch their whole narrative. I think last week we, we didn't cover it, but if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure last week BlackRock did like a webinar talking about Bitcoin to their whole customer base or at least maybe high net worth individuals. So it's very interesting now that we have these huge institution institutional asset managers starting to you know tell their customers the beauty of bitcoin and and someone said in the chat like um everyone welcome our new king larry fink <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to be saving the same money but yeah i i think this is this is a very interesting time uh for better or worse the, the finks of the world coming into Bitcoin do give us some sense of legitimacy. And I think when we go into the middle part of this year, we should be seeing some fireworks in regards to Bitcoin. Of course, the halvings in April. So it's looking like the perfect storm is out there, guys. It's looking like we might be, you know, it might be smarter than we look. Anyways, let's bring in our guest. Shouts out to Justin. He's working on the ShockNet wallet. Bitcoin, Lightning, and Noster integration. So this is going to be super cool. I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. How are you doing this morning, Justin? Awesome. Pleasure to be with you guys. Let's go. Let's go. Actually, before we move on, what is Shock Wallet? What What are you working on, Justin? And then we'll go into the deep dive during the culture. So yeah, Shock Wallet. Uh, now I've been building in Lightning uh, a long time. We run Lightning.video content monetization platform. But I've been really dissatisfied with the state of Lightning wallets. Yeah, I've been building in Lightning since 2018. They really haven't gotten better. I think they've actually gone, gotten a little worse as people try to put nodes on phones and I things see. that don't really scale. Yeah. But we got this solution, I think, now in Noster that allows you know the Uncle Jim and your family to set up a node, let friends, family, businesses, apps on the web connect to their node without like all this hard networking stuff. So I really think that the next iteration of Lightning is more of this truly peer-to-peer -peer type thing, but not at the individual level, at the family, you know, an app level. And it can help us scale Bitcoin, not that Bitcoin scales to everybody, but, you know, we can start reusing transactions and stuff like that and really uh, get the velocity of Bitcoin moving in the economy. 100%. And I do want to, that's a topic that I want to focus on today, right? Which is this idea of, ladies and gentlemen, when we hit a hunt, when we hit, it's this is inevitable in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but when we hit these crazy, you know, prices of, you know, half a million dollar, million dollar Bitcoin, uh, the fees are going to start to, uh, to put it nicely, uh, they're going to start to outprice uh, people. 
uh, you know, it's it's going to start to not make sense to send uh, transactions that are under a certain threshold uh, just because of the just how much you're paying in fees. Right. So we we desperately need to uh, come up with these second layer solutions uh, in order for Bitcoin to scale and become this global money. Uh, of course, we have lightning, we have fediments, we have the liquid uh, liquid. So there's there's definitely there's a bunch of solutions. But I'll tell you this, guys, from experience, we are not there yet. A lot of work still needs to be done, uh, but we have the smartest minds on our side. So I have no doubt in my mind it will get accomplished. But that's something to keep in mind as well. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a great show. Lots to cover today. The ETF news. We're going to have a lightning talk and uh, just just things overall so sit back relax enjoy the ride uh let's get some numbers let's do it here we go the bitcoin numbers is your bitcoin in cold storage really secure is your seed phrase really secure stamp seeds do-it-yourself kit has everything you need to hammer your seed words into commercial grade titanium plates instead of just writing them on paper don't store your generational wealth on paper papers prone to water damage fire damage you want to put your generational wealth on one of the strongest metals on planet earth titanium your words are actually stamped into this metal plate with this hammer and these letter stamps and once your words are in they aren't going anywhere no risk of the plate breaking apart and pieces falling everywhere titanium stamp seeds will survive nearly triple the heat produced by a house fire they're also crush proof waterproof non-corrosive and time proof all things that paper is not allowing you to huddle your bitcoin with peace of mind for the long haul stamp your seed on stamp seed all right ladies and gentlemen i made it incredibly easy for you guys you have absolutely no excuse if you put yourself in a position why you have to explain to your grandchildren why you lost your generational wealth because you didn't properly secure your backup wallet seed words uh yeah, should have told you should have listened to Simply Bitcoin. Storm on Titanium. Scan the QR code right now on your screen, uh, and that will take you directly to the Stamp Seed website, where you can use promo code Simply to get fifteen percent off anything on their on their website. At the time of recording, the Bitcoin price is forty three thousand one hundred and five Sats per dollar, two thousand three hundred and twenty. Block height, 827,987. Blocks to having, 12,013. Having estimate, April 20th, 2024. Total Lightning Network capacity, 4,876 Bitcoin. Capacity value, 210 million US dollars. Realized monetary inflation, 1.74%. The market capitalization of Bitcoin, 845 billion US dollars. Bitcoin versus gold market cap, 6.13%. In the grand scheme of things, Bitcoin is still a baby. Anyways, uh, I do want to talk about uh, I do want to talk about before we get into the ETF news and all that stuff, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are seeing the crack, the the you know the shit the the actual wording is the shift, but really what we're seeing is the crack, the uh, you know the shattering of the Overton window. Like not only is Bitcoin being talked about in the new media, I really consider the new media independent content creators like Tim Poole, Steven Crowder, uh, you know, the Young Turks, uh, Ben Shapiro, the Daily Wire, 
you know, Jordan Peterson. That's the new media. That's where I would say in the future, the majority of people are going to be getting their content from independent media. But the legacy media still has influence. You know, the older generations are not exposed to this new type of media. Um, and the the and it's important, right, that the legacy media starts to cover Bitcoin. Natalie Burnell does an incredibly incredible job every time she uh, gets invited to Fox Business. Uh, she absolutely crushes it. So the more this Overton window shifts, the more Bitcoin is talked about in a positive light. You know, Jack Mahler's on Yahoo News, right? And the more that happens, the other day we played you a clip, actually. It was last week. I forget what the night show host was. Maybe it was like Jimmy Fallon or something. We had the Reddit. Stephen C Colbert, right? Stephen Colbert. Colbert. You had the Reddit uh, co-founder talking about what Bitcoin is, why it's useful. And it reminds me of that talk show. There's this very famous internet clip. Like there's this very famous like viral clip of the internet being explained. And they're like, what is .com? Like what is this at symbol? That is where we are in the movie, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we are in the Bitcoin adoption. This is like the early to mid nineties of Bitcoin, of Bitcoin adoption, of awareness in Bitcoin. So these types of moments, not only are they historical, you'll look back on these on these videos, you know, 10, 15 years from now, and you'll be like, wow, that was incredibly obvious the entire time. So anyways, let's check this out. Here we go. It's about a two minute clip. I'm gonna play it at 1.25 times, times the speed, so it's gonna run a little bit faster. Let's check it out. Welcome back. The newest mine in Sandersville has nothing to do with mining at all, but the Bitcoin mine is definitely making an impact on the city's economy. Last year, we took you inside the high-tech facility, and now it's expanding. And Anthony Montato got a tour today. He joins us in studio with a look inside. You guys, the facility is truly massive. Take a look at this. That's just the power station. In fact, like I said, it even has its own power substation just to help manage the 250 megawatt power output. That's about 10 times what it takes to power the entire city. There were some trees in a dirt field, right? It's come a long way and moving really quick. Fast forward two months and a sprawling tract of land is turning into a sprawling Bitcoin mine. We're halfway, you know, up the hill right here with uh, six buildings coming up. Each one as long as the Titanic, all of them housing computers just like this that crunch numbers all day to create Bitcoin. Think of cash for a digital age. That's what Bitcoin does. Um, so Bitcoin, unlike some of these other cryptocurrencies that have a CEO, there's no CEO of Bitcoin. CleanSpark Chief Communications Officer Isaac Holyoke says that's why the company's posted record profits. He says more people are buying in and they need to help meet the demand. So they're expanding their Sandersville facility to become the company's flagship. There is more energy in Georgia than there is use for that energy. Sandersville City Administrator Judy McCorkle says that creates an advantage for them. Since the city manages its own electric company, it reduces bills for everyone else. Homeowners could see the benefits on their property tax bill. At some point, I could see that property tax being rolled back to almost nothing, almost zero percent, and that's huge for us. CleanSpark site manager Bo Ginn says those effects will be even stronger after they expand. We're sending over six figures back to the city each month, and you know that's going to be very significant uh, coming on post-expansion. He estimates they'll pay $500,000 a month in taxes alone. That's about $6 million a year. That money is money that the city wouldn't be getting. You know, it's going to schools, to roads, to the other community infrastructure that uh, you know may have been neglected for a while. Now, McCorkle told me they're considering building a hotel for when that new facility is finally up and running. Back to you. Thanks, Anthony. Clean Spark says they hope to have the facility up and running in the next few months. So, I mean, like, pretty crazy, right? Pretty crazy that this is, uh, you know, making the news. Uh, and not to mention, once again, uh, here we go. Clean Spark is responsible for lowering energy bills and local property taxes, not to mention the opportunity that it's going to bring that local community. This is never talked about. 
when Bitcoin is attacked by, you know, these captured propagandists, because I don't really call them journalists at this point, uh, like from the New York Times, uh, basically talking all about the negatives, right? Whether, you know, it's breaking news for Elizabeth Warren that Bitcoin is going to be used by, you know, by countries to circumvent U.S. sanctions. Bitcoin's going to boil the oceans, doctoring pictures in the sky, making it seem like somehow, you know, the uh, Bitcoin miners are releasing uh, pollutants out into the atmosphere, uh, which is why it's so funny when Pierre Richard did that, uh, did that fucking video, which is hilarious. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is winning. This is what winning looks like. Uh, you're, you're seeing the media shift. Um, and I, I got to be honest, I'm going to give a little bit of credit to Elon Musk, right? Elon freed the bird. And as much as Bitcoiners, we're fans of Noster. I love Noster. I have an account. I, I, I post to it all the time. The Primal app is dope. I use it a lot. Um, and I post on Noster. But it's kind of like the same reason with YouTube. People are like, Nico, like you should post simply Bitcoin to other platforms. The reality is that most people are on YouTube. The reality is that most people are on X. The reality is that most people are on these platforms. And because most people are there, the fact that Elon freed the bird, the, fra the, the fact that Elon got in there and said, you know what, free speech, we have to do this, that was a very big win, right? Because now it's allowed uh, free discourse, and then you're starting to see anyone who bullshits. It doesn't matter what ideological side they're coming from, but you see central bankers like Christine Lagarde get community noted. You see even government officials like Joe Biden, when he was trying to tell people about how inflation went down, he got community noted. If you tout out bullshit, the community can come together and say, listen, you're, you're lying, right? When Christine Lagarde or the European Central Bank came out with a tweet basically saying how CBDCs, uh, you know, we should adopt CBDCs, the community note was very powerful because it said, look, CBDCs aren't necessary, right? So... We're, we're not only watching the Overton window shift, but we're also watching a theory uh, that was first written about in the book, The Sovereign Individual, which is where I got this from. We're also watching the complete disintermediation of information with it. The internet really started this. The fact that people are allowed to communicate directly peer to peer has changed everything. It really, really hurts the ability for governments or these large NGOs or these large institutions to control the narrative they, they've been used to controlling. But because of Bitcoin's incentives, all of a sudden, that narrative is starting to become positive even in the captured outlets, even in established legacy media, right? So it's glorious to see. We still need a lot of work to do until Rachel Maddow goes on MSNBC and she says, guys, buy Bitcoin. Our job is not done yet. <laughs> So we are making progress. This is great local news. Fox Business, shout out Natalie Burnell. You know, Jack Maulers, I think he went on CNN a couple times dropping dropping bombs. But until Rachel Maddow says, I like this Bitcoin thing, our work is not over. Anyways, Opti, what are your thoughts on all this, brother? <laughs> oh, well, well, it looks like we're probably going to be in a job for a long time. <laughs> oh, man. All right. All right. Uh, seriously, though. 
Uh, actually, not so seriously. Wait, Bitcoin makes your energy bills cheaper and may lower your taxes? Who would have thunk? Who would have thunk that Bitcoin mining and Bitcoin actually helps normal people? Oh, my God. We never saw this coming. I I, I couldn't have foreseen this. Guys, obviously some sarcasm. But I, I just love to see positive things pos- and correct things, positive and correct things being said about Bitcoin in the corporate press or rather legacy media, because it just goes to show that you can't stop truth and, and and the signal will rise to the top. And I know we get so used to being gaslit in regards to Bitcoin because most of the huge corporate propaganda wings come out and say all this negative stuff about Bitcoin because they don't want Bitcoin to proliferate to the masses. I think it's ramping up in the opposite direction where we will be seeing a lot more positive and correct things being said about Bitcoin. And the average person will get that curiosity and they will start to look to alternatives. They'll, you know, like if people saw this story, Average everyday people are feeling the pain. I don't know if you guys still talk to normies, but most average people are starting to feel the pain of inflation. They're wondering what's going on. Clown world's accelerating. Things are getting crazy. If, if Even if you just very, very minimally watch what's going on in the news, it seems like things are getting even more and more crazy out there. And people are going to look for solutions. And I think Bitcoin is one of them, or else we wouldn't be doing this show in the first place. And so I think a lot of times... As Bitcoiners, we kind of shoot ourselves in the foot by talking about all the negative aspects about fiat and not necessarily pushing the positive aspects about Bitcoin. And this is just a perfect example of and and you guys are, you know, Nico, they're they're playing a game in the chat now that every time we say breaking the Overton window, they have to drink. But this is how you break right, the I'm echo for chamber. It. I'm for it. I'm and for this it. is how you break the Overton window, or rather shift the Overton window. Shatter. Shatter, shatter it. Shatter that is, Overton window. Is people- Realizing that, oh, wait, maybe Bitcoin isn't this negative thing that I've heard because most people just hear a few headlines here or there, and that's what they think Bitcoin is. And now we're starting to see, like I mentioned in the beginning, you know, the biggest institutional asset managers in the world, corporate press, some influential people, whether you believe in what they do or not, they're all talking positively about Bitcoin. And just slowly but surely, this is how we shift that ship that is all the negativity around Bitcoin. Like people are waking up to the idea that, wait, Bitcoin does help planet Earth. Wait, it can help me as an individual. Maybe I want some Bitcoin just in case it catches on. Anyways, Justin, what's your thoughts on this? You know, Bitcoin is truth, right? Uh, That's one of the big features of it is like this unstoppable uh, force that's moving forward. And it, you know, and Bitcoin is for enemies. We can bring out all the cliches. Uh, but they're proven to be true. We're we're entering a world where it's more profitable for these big companies, the Black Rocks, the media companies, you know, to basically you know show their backs. The the truth is more profitable for them than the lies that they've been selling for a very long time, because the truth just won't be stopped. And that's the whole point of Bitcoin being unstoppable is let people discover that's true. Love it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, man. Bitcoin is truth. Uh, That is the signal right there. More and more. You can't fight against the truth. The truth is the truth. Right. But a lot of these central planners that have been used to central planning and they've had this godlike power because that's really what it is. This godlike power of being able to create money for free that the rest of us peasants have to slave away for. Um, you know, I'm sure it gets to their heads. I, I'm sure that they believe they know 
know how to do monetary policy. And history has shown that it's been cluster F after cluster F after cluster F, like over and over and over again. I was watching uh, this uh, documentary that our boy Russ and talent behind the Simply Originals, which, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to start doing some very, very soon. I'll start. Ta- I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later on. But, um, but yes. Yeah, so Rustin recommended this documentary called "The Great Taking." I highly recommend it. It's on YouTube, um, and it just went like I just went down this rabbit hole and the scam that is central banking. Like the the whole idea of it is just it, it, it's it's crazy. They they've normalized theft and everyone's blind to it. Like people don't people don't quite understand what is happening behind the hood. And then their argument is basically like, oh, we're gonna go back to the wild days of banking where there was a lot of instability. Every bank was issuing their own money and it was all this chaos. Like, I just have to remind everyone, the biggest depressions in human history have happened under the establishment of the central bank in the United States, the Federal Reserve, right? In 1933, when or 19 or after, you know, after the, after the, you know, the Roaring Twenties, so to speak, um, came the Great Depression. That was horrible. The stock market didn't recover for like another decade. It was just, it was insane. And, and a lot of people speculate it's because of the war, right? That it did recover in the first place. And then, of course, you had, you know, the crashes in the 80s. You had Nixon take us off the gold standard in the 70s. You had the fact that. Um, that everything got more everything got more expensive, but wages have remained relatively stable. Go to what the f happened in 1971 if you want more information. And then, of course, the Great Recession that happened in 2008, right? And then, and I'll say this, and I was telling uh, Justin this before the show: if you're under the age of 40, you, like you're not, you're you're, a, you're essentially a serf. You're not going to own anything. You're outpriced of buying a home. And that is literally because of central banking. So this whole idea that like, you know, this whole idea that that this this thing is somehow necessary, that's bullshit. And I love what you said about the truth, Justin, to kind of, you know, wrap this up, which is Bitcoin exposes the truth. Not only does it tell you what money is, what true money should be, but it, it also exposes the truth that central banking is itself a scam. And if you are someone who has benefited from that system, of course you're going to hate Bitcoin. But you don't have any good reasons as to why you're going to hate Bitcoin. So you're going to try to find sly roundabout ways to try to make your dis- your competition disappear. Bitcoin is for terrorism. Bitcoin is for money laundering. Bitcoin is for this. But what they don't know and they still haven't come to terms with is they could say all those things, but every single day more people go on Team Orange because Team Orange offers better incentives and their incentives suck ass. Excuse my language, right? Unless you're at the bureaucratic elite top level, right? And then, of course, all their friends, maybe you can benefit from the continuing system, but everyone else gets poor, right? including institutions like BlackRock. They're even falling for the incentives, including public companies like Michael Saylor moving the chart. Do you think Michael Saylor did this for an ideological stance? 
No, he's literally telling you. He's like, dude, this thing is the this thing created opportunity for my company. I was gonna, I was planning to go retire, but then I saw this thing and I'm like, holy cow! And I'm telling you, this happens with everyone. And then I'll wrap it up and we'll move on to the news. Um, here's the thing, guys. I think 99% of us come for the money. Okay, to be blunt, most people come in your Bitcoin because they see a financial opportunity. However, big however, once you come here for the money, Bitcoin has a has this like uh, hidden feature where it makes you start to ask questions about what it is it what is it that you're actually holding, and then all of a sudden it converts you, and then all of a sudden you are in it for the revolution. And ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake, we are in a revolution. This is the separation of money and state. But unlike the separation of church and state, I believe this will be, hopefully, no one knows the future. I think this will be a bloodless revolution. And I think this is a revolution that will benefit everyone equally in terms of their ability to benefit from what is happening. They just got to jump on the train. They just got to take Bitcoin into self-custody. They just got to run their own node. Literally, all of our partners, <laughs> they're picked for a reason. We'll show you guys what we believe is the best hardware wallet, Passport by Foundation. We'll show you guys the, you know, the best notes, Start9. Check out the link in the video description. There's a promo code. We'll show you guys how to properly secure your Bitcoin wallet seed words on Titanium. Check out, check out Stamp Seed. So, uh, yeah, like there's no excuse. This is going to be amazing. Humanity's going to see, going to, going to feel this freedom. They're going to, they're going to, we're going to, we're going to enter a new renaissance in human history. Um, and I think at that point, people will start to realize what a catastrophic fucking idea was central banking. That was terrible. The fact that people still think that somehow this is going to work in this new century, in the information age. Right in the age where everybody has the ability to build their own platforms, circumventing the gatekeepers of information. No, it's time for a new system. That old system is dying, it's dead. They just don't know it yet. It's time for freedom. It's time for Bitcoin. It's time for opportunity for everyone, not a not just the bureaucratic elite and their friends. All right, everybody, let's get to the news. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. But first, a few words from our sponsors. The Daily Meme Review. Play the wrong one. Let's try that one more time. I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to get into Bitcoin mining and don't know where to start? That's why I want to introduce you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. He will show you how to build your own Bitcoin mine, how to get the project funded, how to get your facility filled with miners as quickly as possible. With a little luck and by putting all his techniques and strategies to work that he's developed mining Bitcoin for the last six years, you could be mining 5 million Satoshis per day or 0.05 Bitcoin in less than three months. On the free webinar, he will give you a high level roadmap that will help you get on your way to building, owning, and operating your own Bitcoin mining farm. Begin your mining journey today. Register for the free webinar now. Click the link in the description of the video below or contact Scott directly on Telegram using his handle at OfferedScott and learn how to mine those precious, precious Satoshis. The Daily News. 
I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Foundation Devices. It's self-custody done right. They built a premium grade hardware wallet called Passport right here in the US. It's fully open source and verifiable. It's the most intuitive Bitcoin wallet designed with a UX reminiscent of a simple feature phone. So you will know how to navigate it and use it the moment you pick it up. Get your Bitcoin off exchanges and into your into your own hands in just a few minutes. Experience the peace of mind that comes with taking ownership of your own keys. After a massive sellout during Bitcoin Miami 2023, the Passport is back in stock at foundationdevices.com. Bitcoin only, open source verifiable, completely air gap security model, gorgeous design craft, premium grade materials. If you're thinking about getting your Bitcoin off exchanges, this is the one for you. Check out the passport link in the show notes below to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, check out the QR code on your screen right now. It'll take you directly to the Foundation Devices uh, website where you can get yourself a passport hardware wallet. And again, if you're looking to uh, start, if you want to learn how to buy, build your own Bitcoin mine, you could scan the QR code on your screen. It'll take you to Scott's Build a Mine Bootcamp. Uh, you could you could put in your email to free webinar, so uh, you could check that out. You could scan the QR codes or check the links in the video description. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, pretty pretty crazy um, what's happening right now. The amount of inflows going into these ETFs, I think it's partly responsible for why we're seeing a Monday morning pop. Right? Um, you know, I think we we hit 39k, we jump back up to. 32 or sorry 42 43k very very quickly uh but let's check this out here's a tweet by bitcoin news within the first hour of trading bitcoin blackrock's bitcoin etf is surpassing gbtc in volume making the first time a new bitcoin etf is outperforming grayscale if this trend continues it'll be the first time a bitcoin etf has had a trading volume uh, a higher trading volume than grayscale um, and of course, the the uh, iShares Bitcoin Trust is the BlackRock ETF. And boy, have times have changed. Back in 2017, this was what uh, the CEO of BlackRock was saying. He called Bitcoin an, inde an index of money laundering. Um, and then it goes on to say uh, it also mentions uh, what JP, what JP Morgan Chase CEO Jamie Dimon Jamie Dimon he says who own the cryptocurrency stupid people mind you at the beginning of 2017 the price of Bitcoin was at one thousand dollars oh man I wish I can go back to those times it was at one thousand dollars per coin uh, it's sitting at forty three thousand. That's a 43x, 43x, right? That's life changing for a lot of people. And then this dumb mother effort was calling it. Am I, and that's my opinion, guys. Like, wow, that, that was a stupid call. That was a stupid call. I think he's taking an ideological stance. On Friday's episode, we, we made the case as to why he said that. We played you a video by Brian Brooks, the comptroller of the currency, and he was making the case that cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, and shitcoins are not a replacement on currency. What their replacement it, replacement on is banks. So I understand Jamie Dimon, why he's taking that stance, but Jamie Dimon could also benefit from this. If they're the largest bank 
and they're profitable and they're making money, they could benefit off this by buying Bitcoin, putting it on their balance sheet, offering Bitcoin financial services to companies, offering the ability to custody Bitcoin for large clients, right? They could benefit from this just as everybody else, right? Move with the times because if not, they'll blockbuster themselves, right? You know, so they'll uh, barms and nobles themselves, right? You either moves with the times or you get left behind. You get the, you get the risk of getting left behind. The thing is that with the traditional financial system, this is an industry. Banking first popped up in like the Renaissance in Italy. Like banking has been around for hundreds of years. There was barely any innovation, Right. So I understand why they're moving slowly. And of course, they've built this government moat around them. You know, part of the reason that the ETF was approved, the BlackRock ETF was approved because of how much, uh, you know, political force and influence BlackRock has. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you don't get on the train, if you don't get on the Bitcoin train, it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Whether you're a huge bank, an ETF, a billionaire, a millionaire, you know, uh, you know, someone who's worth, uh, you know, 50,000, 20,000, 10,000, a thousand dollars. If you don't get on the Bitcoin train, you will get left behind. Right. This thing has not stopped. Anyways, in today's news. Um, right. And, and compare and contrast this. Right. 2017, this thing was, you know, this thing's for money laundering. Fast forward, you know, a couple years later, seven years later. Uh, guess what happened? BlackRock I, I bit ETF now holds almost 50,000 Bitcoin as asset under management hits $2 billion. It goes on to say BlackRock's iShares Bitcoin ETF has set a new benchmark in the cryptocurrency investment space by amassing over $2 billion in assets under management just 10 days after its trading debut. BlackRock now holds 50,000 Bitcoin through its ETF. The rapid accumulation reflects the strong investor interest and also marks a significant moment in the integration of digital assets into mainstream finance. Since its launch, iBit has seen a consistent inflow of capital. In the first 10 days, the fund's strategic acquisition and the rising value of Bitcoin significantly boosted its asset under management. A key moment occurred on the ninth day with an investment surge of approximately $170 million. This influx allowed the fund to acquire 4,300 Bitcoins, pushing its total holdings to 49,952 49, Bitcoins. With Bitcoin's price soaring past the $40,000 mark, IBIT's value rapidly escalated, crossing the $2 billion threshold. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just getting started. And I just want to remind everyone, there is not enough Bitcoin to go around. There's nothing else like this, including gold, right? Gold has a roughly 2% inflation. And mind you, when the price of bit of the price of gold goes up, those gold miners, right, that, you know, you could say weren't profitable at, at lower gold prices, all of a sudden they ramp up their operations and they can mine more gold. So that inflation rate remains relatively steady. At the time of recording right now, the realized monetary inflation is 1.74% in Bitcoin. And mind you, that's about to get cut in half in April. So it doesn't matter how many more miners pile in. The having ensures and the absolute scarcity that Bitcoin has ensures that it doesn't matter how much more need and want there is on the market, 
the issuance gets smaller over time and the cap supply is what it is. It's 21 million that will never change. And it's estimated that between three to 4 million Bitcoin are just gone, right? They're lost forever. People lost the keys. So I'm just trying to paint a picture that you have these large institutional players coming into the fold. We haven't even hit the mania phase of the market, which I think is coming in 2025. A lot of people are speculating 2024, but we haven't even hit the mania phase and the institutions are here and they have the infrastructure to get exposures to this thing if they wanted to. And you think Michael Saylor has been vindicated yet? He hasn't even been vindicated. He hasn't even had the bull market yet. What other big public companies are going to join him because they're going to have the, they're going to have the, 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 the market pressure to join him because the shareholders are going to be like, look, MicroStrategy clearly makes less money than Apple. But by, by them just adopting Bitcoin, look at how they're performing. And I, I, really, I really believe that this epoch, you're going to see more public companies jump in. And you're also going to see potentially nation states jump in because the incentive structure is there. This is the best performing asset the world has ever seen. And I'll get to that in a second. But let me, uh, let me continue reading this. So... Not only is it uh, not only is it BlackRock is also Fidelity Fidelity Investments Wise Origin Origin Bitcoin Fund. Also shout out to Fidelity because they're the only ones that are taking self custody themselves. Everyone else has outsourced that to like Gemini and Coinbase. So shout out to Fidelity, they're OGs and they've been they've been here for a while. I believe it was 2014 when they first uh, dipped their toes in Bitcoin. Anyways, goes on to say, is poised to be the next fund to cross the $2 billion threshold, with holdings just shy of 44,000 Bitcoin as of press time. The ETF has almost mirrored the performance of the IBIT since its launch, recording more than 100 million in inflows on January 26, with a total of 1.8 billion in 10 days. Meanwhile, Fidelity's day day 10 trading volume stood at 223 million dollars marginally higher than ibit's 203 uh, 203 million this race between mar major financial institutions to capitalize on the burgeoning cryptocurrency market is a clear sign of the sector's growing legitimacy and appeal blackrock success ibit come amid a broader trend of increasing institutional involvement in the crypto space this is a game changer the remember when this etf you're going to have the smartest minds in the world that are going to be selling this to their clients and their clients are happen to be the people the wealthiest people in the world that also hold the lion's share of the world's wealth and the fact that there is so much legitimacy, there's so much approval, right, from these large institutions is a big deal, at least for price. We'll get to the revolutionary aspect in a second. So here is, you know, Michael Saylor. I was talking about him earlier. Um, check out MicroStrategy's Bitcoin strategy and how it's outperformed everything else, including, ladies and gentlemen, government bonds. So MicroStrategy is up 346% since it's adopted a Bitcoin strategy. Bitcoin's been up 158%. The NASDAQ is up 43%. The S&P 500 uh, was up 500%. And forgive me, this wasn't since it's adopted as Bitcoin strategy. This is the year-to-date performance of in 2023. Clearly, the MicroStrategy Bitcoin strategy was the way to go. Also, here is a... A screenshot of a um, 
a screenshot of a uh, of a presentation or a slideshow that was that was released by released by Bitwise. I believe they have the ETF ticker of HODL. I, I also believe that they're one of the ETFs that uh, offered a percentage of their earnings uh, and they're going to donate that back to Bitcoin developers. So shout out to them. But as you can see, if you just lay it out from 2011 to 2023, uh, Bitcoin is essentially the best performing asset on the vast majority of, uh, of days. Right. So, you know, in 2011, it was Bitcoin. In 2012, it was Bitcoin. In 2013, it was Bitcoin. Uh, in 2015, it was Bitcoin. In 2016, it was Bitcoin. 2017, it was Bitcoin. 2019, it was Bitcoin. 2020, it was Bitcoin. In 2021, it was Bitcoin. And in 2023, it was Bitcoin. You can't stop this thing. There's this great website that I reference all the time. It's called Price in Bitcoin 21. And it shows you what happens when you start living your life on a Bitcoin standard, which is why we advocate for this so much on Simply Bitcoin. So on a Bitcoin standard, the dollar has gotten 92% cheaper on a five-year scale. Oil has gotten 85% cheaper. Gold, 84% cheaper. That's for you, Peter Schiff. S&P 500 has gotten 84% cheaper. The, the housing in Miami, housing has doubled since they went on that printing money spree. Um, housing is still 78% cheaper if you've been saving on a Bitcoin standard. So pretty, pretty big news. Uh, before I get to the rest of the news, I want to get uh, Opti's thoughts and our guest thoughts. Clearly, Bitcoin's winning. Clearly, uh, Michael Saylor's Bitcoin strategy is winning. Clearly, we're just winning hands down. It's, it's almost as if Bitcoin's incentives stay winning. I don't know. Maybe I'm seeing something that's not there. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but, uh, dude, in 2023, in 2025 Opti, when this thing, you know, blow off top and all that shit happens, uh, we're going to be unbearable, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, more <laughs> than we, we are. Should we just like wear a shirt, like just winning like every single day in 2025? Like what, what should we do, bro? Charlie because, Sheen faced I mean, with we, winning. We, like, look, like I'll be honest with you guys. Simply Bitcoin was born really uh, like in the midst of a bull market. So we really, we really just established ourselves as content creators. We haven't really, you know, gone through a full bull market yet. Uh, you know, as Simply Bitcoin, as a YouTube channel, as a media company. But dude, like, I mean, guys, if you've been watching since the very beginning, uh, like not to toot our own horns. We told you so. Like we, we've been telling you all of this thing was gonna happen. It was inevitable. And it, you know, and I, we couldn't tell you what the price was. We couldn't give you price predictions. We never do this on Simply. But the reason that we knew we were so confident about it is because of Bitcoin's incentives. And Michael Saylor understands this, right? It is the incentive structure of Bitcoin. And then not only the incentive structure, the aligned incentive structure model too, right? Because there's two things, right? The incentive structure of it being irresistible, but the aligned incentive structure of everyone wins in the Bitcoin ecosystem. If you're a miner, you're not mining because you want to support Bitcoin. You're mining out of the pursuit of profit. In return, it makes Bitcoin stronger. A node, you're not running a node because willy-nilly. You're most likely running a node because you don't trust someone else's node. You don't want to dox your stack. You don't want to dox, you know, your IP address. You don't want to do that. You you, you want to like run a node, right? Highly recommend Start9, by the way. Uh, there's a link in the video description. It's pre-built. The one I run is a server pure. It's badass. Highly recommend it. It's the best uh, Bitcoin node on the market, in my opinion. Um, but 
Anyways, uh, so the node operators, they don't run nodes just willy-nilly. They run nodes because they, you know, they, they, they care about their stack. They care about their privacy. In the process, there's more nodes on the network, making it even more decentralized, right? If you're a Bitcoin hodler, right? Or if you're a Bitcoin media company, right? What are we talking about Bitcoin? We talk about Bitcoin every day. We feel passionate about it. But why do we feel passionate about it? Number go up. We're evangelizing stuff. And in the process, hopefully some people listen to us. And uh, in the process of listening to us, you are also get exposure to Bitcoin and you will also benefit from number go up technology. This is what I mean by an aligned incentive structure model. So anyways, Bitcoin is winning. Even institutions like BlackRock are realizing Bitcoin's in winning. They're jumping off the fiat ship. The Vanguard ship is sinking because they, they're not on team Bitcoin yet. Vanguard's going to have fun staying poor. Um, but overall, man, this is great. Michael Saylor vindication, Naim Bukele vindication. Like, I can't wait for the next couple of years. I can't wait for the end of 2024 where I think things are really going to start to run up. And 2025, man, things are going to be spicy. Uh, all those legacy media articles that attacked Naim Bukele, that attacked Michael Saylor, they're going to have to swallow. The, they won't, but they're going to have to swallow their words, man. Listen, I'll tell you this. Once Bitcoin's at $5, $10, 50000000 dollars, I hope someone buys the fucking New York Times. I hope they buy that shit uh, and just put Bitcoin all over the front page. Giant picture of Michael Saylor in like a suit, like oil painting. Because, man, they don't have what they, they don't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming. They don't know what's coming. But we're winning, boys. We're winning. Boys and girls. Anyways, Opti, what's your take on uh, this? Let's bro? get Justin's take, and then and then I'll pop in. You know, I, I think people that haven't been around a long time like really don't appreciate the the bottleneck that the ETF stuff opened up. Like, I remember back in the day, you know, you get a pump going, and that was maybe $10, 20000000 million coming in in a day. That's like nothing, like a rounding error to these ETFs. Then Coinbase would crash, and then the price would crash because there was no way for fiat to get into the system. Like, that bottleneck has been opened up. We have a successful treasury. What I'm seeing in the startup space is more startups are keeping a Bitcoin treasury, and that's a tailwind, and that's risk reduction for investors. So investors, not just in Bitcoin, but investors in other capital projects are going to be looking at companies with a Bitcoin treasury as a favorable investment. So I think soon, you know, if you're seeking investors to build something, whether that's in the Bitcoin space uh, maybe in the physical, even energy grid space, like we were talking about earlier, you're going to need to have a Bitcoin balance sheet just for risk reduction. And, and now that those ramps are available, the money can actually flow there as it's needed. And I think that just hasn't been appreciated yet. People figuring that out over the course of 24 into 25, that's really where you know the, the Bitcoin on exchanges starts to dry up. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And, and that's kind of what I was going to touch on as well. Like, I think people really underestimate that there's really not that much Bitcoin to go around. And the institutions now, you know, they're officially here. The institutions are here. Remember the meme? We've been saying it for years. Like, they're scooping up so much Bitcoin. It's absolutely incredible. And, and I was looking at the numbers just so I have these clear. I'm over here on uh, Clark Moody's dashboard. And the total percentage of Bitcoin that will ever be issued is at 93.39% with only an issuance of a uh, remaining issuance of 1,387,556.23 Bitcoin. And that's what everyone's going to be fighting for for the next, what, 100 years? Like, I really think people underestimate what digital scarcity means. And the numbers that you showed in a week, 
uh, as Roman was saying, like BlackRock basically scooped up three months of the Bitcoin supply. After the halving, it's going to be, what do you say, nine months of the supply. And that wasn't even talking about fidelity as well they scooped up somewhere near what was the total number to a hundred thousand bitcoins to get into this etf like i think people really underestimate how scarce bitcoin is and how little demand it is going to take to move the bitcoin price like these institutional customers are coming in it's just ramping up and they're scooping thousands of bitcoins to lock into this etf because that's what the customers want which just goes to show that there is an incredible new demand for bitcoin and of course you know me like avoid buying paper bitcoin buy bitcoin directly don't buy a spot bitcoin etf but it really just goes to show that customers out there that have 401ks that employers are matching their 401ks want to get exposure to bitcoin and hopefully this is the you know the first steps towards them going down the bitcoin self-custody rabbit hole but man the demand for bitcoin is just going to go absolutely crazy as the price starts to pump and again like i think this is just a really good example of how quickly liquidity can hit the market in a week they scooped up what hundreds of thousands of coins billions of dollars of demand going into bitcoin with daily liquidity of what you know, almost a size, a, a third of Bitcoin's market cap right now. Like it's going to get absolutely nuts, guys. And and don't get caught on the sidelines. There's so many people that are calling me, like my friends are like, hey, do you think it's a good time to buy Bitcoin? And, you know, I try not to shill Bitcoin too hard on them, but I'm always saying the same thing. It's the classic meme. Time in the market beats time in the market. Everyone should be getting some exposure to Bitcoin now. I fundamentally think that this next year, actually two years after the halving, you know, uh, 18 months historically after the halving, the price starts to go nuclear. I think by summertime this year, we're going to start to see the Bitcoin price climb. And it's going to be a gl- gradual number go up scenario. And I think I just would not want to be sitting on the sidelines. And I think oh, there's a lot of people oh. that are sitting on the sidelines. Oh, 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 John, John just dropped some sauce. Uh-oh, uh, uh-oh. It's their fiduciary responsibility to buy all the Bitcoin. Ooh, John, oh, spicy, spicy, oh, spicy. Anyway, speaking of fiduciary responsibility, let's take a look at, you know, the Bitcoin treasuries is this uh this website uh, made by CoinKite. so let's check it out so the very very top uh you have microstrategy microstrategy has 1x their investment uh so their cost basis was 5.8 billion uh they're up a couple billion dollars holy cow uh tesla elon look at that i'm sure you're you're feeling that elon uh, elon and tesla are up about 100 million dollars uh, Coinbase, they've 3.4, they've 3.5x their investment. They were holding, they were sitting on a hundred and seventeen million dollar stack. Now it's four hundred eight million dollars. Riot, uh, sorry, Block. Uh, so this is Jack Dorsey's company, Cash App. Love Cash App's pretty good. Um, and uh, they, uh, their cost basis was two hundred and twenty million. Uh, they're up, uh, they're up about a hundred and hundred and thirty million U.S. dollars. Check this out, the Bitcoin Group SE. Their cost basis for these 3,000 Bitcoin that they bought was 11 million. They're up 13x. Um, 100, and now it's worth $154 million. Holy cow. Uh, Can Inc., uh, they're up about 1.24. Uh, big digital assets, they're up about 2.27x. 
uh, advanced Bitcoin technologies, 2.1 million. Now they're they're sitting on 10 million dollars. You guys get the general gist and the 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 point that I'm trying to make, ladies and gentlemen. Number go up. All these companies, you know, all these. Uh, all these assets under management, uh, you know, they're they're th these are crazy guys. This is this is no joke, and we haven't even hit a bull market yet, right? So, anyways, uh, things are just getting started. Things are just heating up, and uh, people are are starting to wake up to the benefits of number go up technology. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we hit the culture segment to talk about, to talk with our guests, I do want to give a shout out to the Bitcoin companies uh, that make this show uh, possible. So first, our first sponsor, Bitcoin Evangelism, Planting Seeds for the Centralized Revolution. Here's the book. It's absolutely beautiful. It's uh, written by a buddy of mine, Brian DeMint. He is the head of marketing at the Orange Pill app. Uh, we have 10 million Bitcoiners. I mean, we have 10 million people to Orange Pill. Bitcoin Evangelism by Brian DeVent is an absolute beast of a resource for Orange Pilling no coiners and all coiners alike. This is a Bitcoin for this is a book for Bitcoiners who know Bitcoin but have a hard time explaining it to their friends. So if you have an aunt, an aunt, an uncle, uh, an, an, uh, a brother, a grandfather who are just like, no, I heard Elizabeth Warren said that Bitcoin. Bitcoin is for money laundering. Bitcoin is bad. This book will arm you with the tools to uh, to orange pill them, orange pill your friends and family. And as a Bitcoiner, I'm going to go off on a limb and say it is your responsibility to do so. It's a Bitcoin. It's a book for Bitcoiners who are trying to explain Bitcoin only to all coiners. So you could scan the QR code right here. It will take you directly to Amazon, or you can get yourself but you can get yourself a copy of Bitcoin evangelism planting seeds for the centralized revolution. I also want to give a shout out to Camrex. They are the most trusted place to buy, sell, and host mining equipment. You can check out the racks by scanning the QR code on your screen. And uh, if you do that, it will take you directly to the Telegram marketplace. You can connect with a member of their sales team. They make their purchasing easy and transparent. Uh, and you could also sell your mining equipment with them. Access their vast network of domestic and international customer base uh, when you sell your mining equipment with them. What are you waiting for? Check out Kabimrex today. This is where I personally buy my mining equipment. Guys, check it out. The guys at Kabimrex have your back. And they're willing to answer any questions you might have about the latest and the greatest ASICs. All right, everybody, let's get on to the culture. We have a lot to talk about today. Let's check it out. The Daily Culture. Brought to you by SwanBitcoin.com. Swan is the best way to build your Bitcoin stack with automated Bitcoin savings plans and instant purchases, serving clients of any size from $10 to $10 million. We love Swan because they incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. What are you waiting for? Visit SwanBitcoin.com today. All right. Well, what's up, Justin? Let's talk about what you're working on. For those that missed the beginning, what exactly is Shock Wallet? And I'll pull up your website right here. Sure. So uh, Shock Wallet is our attempt to make a, a first-class Lightning wallet that kind of solves the problems uh, people are seeing with the Lightning space now. I've been building on Lightning for a long time, and wallets have kind of stagnated. They're trending down these kind of unsustainable past with like nodes on phones that require these chain transactions to get people on board and people are just generally not having uh, a very good time and lightning has you know, stagnated a little bit i think um as a result uh 
So, you know, we've been building on Lightning, you know, creators of lightning.video, and I've seen these problems. So we put a little effort into a, a Lightning wallet that solves that. Now, what Shock Wallet does is it works with another piece of software where it's called Lightning Pub. Now, Lightning Pub is an application that you run on your Lightning node that communicates to the internet at large uh, over Nostrs. You might know that as a you know, decentralized social media protocol, but what it basically does is it uses web servers to relay information that's signed with public keys and, and things of that nature. So with Lightning Pub, if you have a Lightning node, like on a Start9, uh, Umbral, any of those types of node products, you'll be able to connect apps on the web, like you know maybe a shopping cart or uh, something like that, but give your friends and family access to your node as an account system. You can basically be your own wallet of Satoshi with, uh, with Shock Wallet. You know, just with your Lightning Pub, send a link and they'll be able to open that in Shock Wallet. Some of the other things that it does is it lets you use those other apps, uh, sort of like budgets. Like what it's actually doing is it's managing multiple accounts. So you might have your, your home node as an account in the wallet but then an app you use, let's say like Stacker News or something like that, you have a balance on there. That's your budget for that app. You should be able to manage that all in one wallet. And that's just, you know, using the standard connections like LNURL and uh, the Noster standard we're trying to put forward with Lightning Pub. And these kind of things that makes it much simpler to take custody and kind of define your rules by having all this in one wallet. You can set up automation that says, hey, I want to take custody of my SATs if they are in excess of a certain amount or if it costs like less than one percent to you know repatriate those back to those nodes that's the kind of wallet that we haven't seen yet and i think that's the kind of wallet that really lets lightning live up to its potential and you know really take advantage of the cost savings um because you know a lot of the criticisms are lightning is too expensive but lightning is just a, a chain transaction right so what lightning is allowing you to do is reuse that train transaction. So those fees that you pay on chain are kind of a one-time thing, ideally. And you can reuse that infinitely because the, you know, Bitcoin is the scarcest thing ever. The second scarcest thing is Bitcoin block space. So we need to be more efficient uh, if we're going to scale like, you know, Bitcoin to as many uh, actors as possible. Now that doesn't mean 7 billion people are going to have a UTXO. That's just a mathematical impossibility because there's only 21 million Bitcoin. You know, there's a concept of dust transactions. You can't pay for a transaction if you don't have enough in your UTXO. But if we can get that custody, you know, very local, and I mean at the family and household level, we can avoid the capture that, you know, basically what happened to gold, right? Fiat was created by gold because people couldn't custody. Uh, they couldn't verify. They couldn't secure their gold. They put it into an institution for coupons. If we're going to keep Bitcoin uh, as this tool to, you know, keep the powers that be honest, we need as many people being their own bank as possible. And that means not just savings, but also economic activity, you know, starting a business and earning in Bitcoin. Those are the ways that we keep control out of centralized hands. You know, Bitcoin is fixed savings technology. Well, now we're we're looking forward to the next phase. We're looking for, you know, economic and, and payments too is the other side of that. We don't want to leave the banks around as giant payment processors once we've, you know, taken savings away from them. We need to keep these things truly optional for users. If you want to opt into using a bank, fine. If you want to opt into using a bank for a payment processor, 
fine. But on a freedom level, to keep all of that honest, we need to have the tools for users to pick their own direction, basically. So that, that's where we're going with Shock Wallet. Love it. Love it. Okay. We do have a question here that I think will go into uh, this web test demo that, that we want to show real quick. Uh, Matthew J says, so Shock Wallet has a lightning node in download. Uh, and I'll pull up this test demo and, and we can show some of these features. So if you you can start using Shock Wallet with a trusted node, which we you know there's a bootstrap node. So if you don't have any SATs, can you, you can connect, can you connect it with can you connect it with your own node? Yes. So Lightning Pub, which is the back end, uh, we're working on releases for home nodes like the Start Nine and Umbral that you'll just be able to run it on your existing node and then start accepting connections via the wallet, and that uses Noster as a transport because one of the big issues that folks have today is if you want to you know, give your friends and family access to your node, you need a, a static IP address and you need a, a domain uh, to point to that address. You need an SSL certificate handshake uh, for it to work in any web browsers. Noster kind of solves all of that for us. And that's why we're using it as a transport. And this is the first uh, wallet that uses Noster exclusively for uh, transport between the client and, and your node. Some other benefits to that you know, other than the accounts perspective where you can share it is that it's also multi-device. So it's not like you have a lightning wallet on your phone that you can't use on your desktop or you can't use in uh, other applications. And, you know, you have other issues with your, your mobile node, like your phone goes to sleep and it breaks your node. We're solving all that problems by allowing, you know, the start nines of the world to power these first class, you know, web applications without some of the kind of flaky stuff that happens like trying to use things like Tor. Noster is much more reliable for that. So I think this really interesting. Is a big I love that. I love that you guys are potentially using an alternative to uh, to Tor. I, I, I don't have an issue with Tor, but I, I do. It, it is a little bit slow, so it's not as as quick. So I'm assuming it's from a speed aspect that you're talking about. Speed and reliability, because the nature of Tor and this gets into a little network engineering stuff, but there's multiple hops. And every time you have a hop, that is additional latency, which is the, the time it takes from one end to communicate to the other. And then with Tor, you're doing that multiple times. So you might be bouncing your payment information from Miami over to Germany and then back to California or something like that. As opposed to a Nostra relay, you can optimize. That can be a Nostra relay that's close to you in Miami. It could be uh, your customer that's maybe in California. And then it's only the one hop. So it's much faster, much lower latency, and there's less uh, failure probability because every time you add a hop, that's different networking stuff that can happen on the internet, like routes change or things just break. So if we're going to have a reliable, you know, a system that is as reliable as the fiat rails that we're used to today, we need to be serious about infrastructure and Tor, quite frankly, just isn't serious infrastructure. It's good. Like if you don't want to trust a VPN, like there's some edge cases for it, but running a payments infrastructure on is just not going to work. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I mean, for certain use cases, like I love the start nine capability where I can connect to my Bitcoin node and then use like a light wallet, like for example, Sparrow or Electrum, and then you can connect your start nine via Tor uh, to your well, to your to your node anywhere around the world, right? Remotely, which is it's really cool. 
Um, it is, it, you know, it is somewhat slow. It, I wouldn't say it's slow. It takes about a, a, a minute to sync. But that reliability aspect is that, like, let's say one out of 100 times I open the app, there's a socket error, right? There is some type right. of thing, and then I have to restart Tor on my machine, whatever. None of this takes very long, but I could see how you don't want to build, you know, a payment platform on that stuff, right? You, you, you want something more reliable. So it's really cool that you guys are using Nostr. Now, I, I kind of want to zoom out and uh, focus on this conversation a little bit, Justin, which is the idea of... I don't think right now that not uh, that uh, second layer solutions are there yet. I still think we have a lot of work to do. Ben, the car man, a buddy of me and Opti, uh, currently uh, working on the Mutiny wallet, uh, the Muni, the Mutiny Lightning wallet. Um, I I don't think Lightning is there yet. Uh, Liquid, I think, is doing pretty like it's cool. The Aqua wallet that Samson Mao released, but I think. Lightning is not ready as a second layer solution. Let's say we do max pain and we go from what are we sitting at now? $42,974 and we go to a million in, uh, you know, in the span of six months, right? We are not ready for that. We are not ready for that. Bitcoin is not ready for that. On the base layer, sure. Fine, Danny, anyone that if everyone that's got in, you know, somewhat early or anyone that's been stacking and you have, you know, uh, half a coin, a coin, you know, 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.3, 0 0.4, maybe, maybe you're fine, right? But, you know, once we get to those price points, 0 0.1 even, once we get to 100K Bitcoin, 0.1 is, 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 is $10,000, right? Uh, once we get to a million dollar Bitcoin, 0.1 is $100,000, right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a little bit worried that we're not quite there yet on second layer. We, we haven't really built that out yet. And we're on the clock, right? So is that something that worries you? Because lightning's not there, right? And the moment I realized this, like I came to terms with this, was the moment that Wallet of Satoshi pulled out of the US. And that was my daily driver when it came to lightning transactions. And there was no other good replacement. I found Phoenix eventually, but Phoenix has its pros and its cons. It's not as easy as download Wallet of Satoshi and having that great UI experience, right? Of course, you know, Wallet of Satoshi is custodial and you can get into that conversation, but um, are you are you a little bit more optimistic? Clearly you work in that field. Clearly, you know, you're in the front lines, you're in the vanguard of this. Um, could we see more out of Lightning in the next couple of years? Is it going to solve the second layer problem, the second layer solution? I'm actually all of those bearish things you just mentioned, and that's why uh, I'm building on Lightning. So from a first, principles perspective, we got to acknowledge what lightning is and what it isn't. It is not a panacea that everybody is going to, all 7 billion people in the world are going to have non-custodial payments. That's just not going to happen. It's not possible for everybody to have a Bitcoin UTXO. You know, 21 million Bitcoin, 7 billion people, you can do the math, you know, that turns into dust transactions. Lightning can't fix that because lightning is just reusable uh, Bitcoin transactions. Now, we're talking this 2025 moon scenario, right, where uh, the mempool is, is completely jacked. And I remember this happened at one point in the past. You'll be surprised how large of a UTXO it is not economically viable to commit to the chain. And it might not be 0.1 Bitcoin, but it could very well be a million sets, like a million set UTXO sometime in the next year. It doesn't mean you'll never be able to transact it, but there could be a long period of time, maybe months, where it's not economically viable. To transact that and that's like i say bitcoin is scarce bitcoin block space is nearly as scarce 
So if you're concerned with that, you need to be on Lightning today because that's your leveraged long on Bitcoin block space, that you'll be able to reuse that Lightning channel that you set up today in the future. The Lightning wallets that are out there now, things like Phoenix, like you mentioned, they're getting by for now if you're willing to deal with the expense. But if it costs $200 to confirm a transaction on chain a year from now, Phoenix is not going to be onboarding many new users. And it's not going to be cost viable to spend $200 to open the channel to your phone. Stuff like we're working on opening a channel to your node that maybe a dozen friends and family use plus some apps. That changes those economics quite a bit. And that lets you reuse that one Bitcoin transaction and spread that fee somewhat infinitely. So it's not a panacea, but it does everything Bitcoin does and then some. It does anything Bitcoin can do and it does it better. That doesn't make it perfect. Yeah. And just to kind of add to the like the aspect where um, the Phoenix, the problem is that you have to open it with that like one large which is fine, but do you really want to have like a thousand dollars on a hot wallet? You know, like which is fine. You know, maybe some people to each their own, right? But that's really the downside is that you you can't just be sending little microtransactions because every single time you're gonna have to pay a fee to open that that open that channel, right? But if you send them like five hundred at a time, there you got five hundred dollars, and you're not gonna pay very very little fees there. But I agree, is that long term viable? Uh, you know, once fees are, you know, we, we saw this, we saw like a little example, a little glimpse of what this future would be like. And, um, you know, it, it, it sucked. It was like 20 or $10 or $20 per transaction. It was brutal, man, for a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad that there's people like yourself that are in the trenches trying to solve this problem because it is a problem that needs to be solved. Right. And I think it's not just lightning like lightning is an, like a solution to it. Fediments, I think, could provide a solution to it. Liquid. I'm bullish on liquids. I, like I said, I had Samson on the podcast the other day and he was, you know, his aqua wallet has those swaps between Bitcoin and Tether and it's pretty seamless. So there's definitely, you know, there's definitely solutions being worked on, uh, but there is no size uh, size fits all, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I'm not I, I don't try to opine too much on uh, the custodial solutions. I, I look at liquid, you know, and the fediments, they are custodial solutions. And back to the gold analogy, like gold was too hard to take custody of, and therefore we created banks and banks created fiat. I think, you know, the scaling limitations of Bitcoin are tempting people into these digital banks of sorts, like, a, you know, liquid is a digital bank, fediments are a digital bank. And that's going to create digital shit coins. And, and that's already part of the eCash Act. We see Democrats pushing, uh, you know, on Washington. I think the next Federal Reserve note will be something like an eCash and that there's a lot of effort going into uh, trying to get this eCash infrastructure into our, you know, kind of Trojan it into our uh, Lightning and Bitcoin infrastructure. And we need to fight that. Uh, I think that's imperative if we're going to keep the banks out of payment processing or at least give ourselves the option to keep them out of payment processing. We need to have family level custody. Bitcoin can scale to that. And that's, we're not even approaching the bounds of uh, Bitcoin scale, but if we look at it that way, people have to throw up these 7 billion people on earth numbers to make an anti-scaling uh, case for Bitcoin, but that's just not the reality today. I don't think it will be in the future. So if we can get custody, give people the tools to uh, avoid those digital banks, Bitcoin will be better off for it. You know, 
obviously 21 million is the most important thing, but you need to be able to transact that 21 million for it to have value. So I'm trying to raise the ceiling there as much as possible. 100% man. And, and like I said earlier, we're honored to have you, you know, on our side in the trenches. Maybe you're in a trench far away from us because we're on the media trench. You're in the lightning trench, but we're still in the same trench. We're still on the same side. And it's an honor to have, you know, builders like yourself uh, really trying to tackle this very difficult issue. Uh, but I think once we tackle it, you know, uh, once we get over this hill, so to speak, I just, you know, I see good things in our future for sure. Anyways, Opti, you have any uh, last yeah, yeah, thoughts, just, uh, closing thoughts? Yeah, I just kind of want to go through this demo real quick with you, Justin. Let's uh, just, I don't know, highlight a few things going on here so the people know exactly what they're downloading. Uh, sure. So uh, if you hit the set the receive screen real first, and now uh, you, you opened up this wallet and you were able to just hit continue. And that connected to my node over Noster. Um, and what my node has given you is it's given you an LN URL. We have lightning addresses coming soon. You can also generate a train address or an invoice address, and you can receive SATs uh, from the get-go. And if you, uh, yeah, if you look at the, uh, close the screen, close the receive screen. This is fairly basic. And now go up to the navigation there, that current hamburger menu. Go to manage sources. This is really where we're going to change things with Lightning and flip Lightning on its head. And a lot of stuff has been done backwards with regards to Lightning. So what this wallet does is it allows you to add multiple sources. Now, you can see the bootstrap node, my node, is uh, the default because you didn't add one. But you could add your own. You can hit that Add button right there. And what you see is when you add a source, it's looking either for an LN URL. So that could be an existing service. That could be an LN bits. Um, you know, it could be like I used the Stacker News example. They have a LN URL withdraw. Pretty much any service with LN URL withdraw or a Lightning address, you can add into this wallet, and it'll reflect in your balance and your transaction history and all those things. But most importantly, is you can choose a trust level. Like, do I trust this node a little bit? Do I trust it somewhat well? Is it like my uncle Jim? Like, I don't mind leaving more Sats on there than otherwise, or is it my node? And then based on this trust level, we'll have some automation in the future that you'll be able to tweak and say, don't leave a bunch of sats on something I don't trust a lot. Repatriate it back to my note. If you could close this and go to the navigation menu again, you can see the automation screen. In the automation home node will move balances when the cost of doing so is less than 1%. So maybe you're a creator, you come to Lightning Video, I hope you will come to lightning.video and you know monetize your digital products that way. Uh, and let's say you earn a good amount of sats on there. You don't want to leave it. Uh, you don't want to trust that out there. Well, the wallet could do a little bit of calculation for you. and says, hey, you don't have a channel on your, your start nine node. It would cost half a percent to take custody of this and open a channel. Let's, let's make that move. We got the consent to make that move. So you can start earning sats you know, in a trusted way, but then automatically when it becomes more than you're comfortable trusting, have the tools that make it simple for you to self-custody. And then once you're self-custody, if you already have your notes set up, it is very trivial to onboard friends, family, your own customers, and you be the be your own Wallet of Satoshi. Like Wallet of Satoshi, like you said, it's, it's what you were using and you know this stuff as well as anybody. I go to Lightning conferences as a Lightning developer. I talk to Lightning VCs and other builders and we you know, go to split a tab. They're pulling out Wallet of Satoshi. So what, is, what does it mean when Lightning VCs and Lightning developers are using custodial wallets. That means the Lightning wallet's not good enough. We need that better 
experience. And we need to do that in a local custody way, not large mints, not large federations that are just kind of recreating uh, the banks of before. So 100%. ultimately my goal with this tool is to get as many Uncle Jims as possible. And then that way we can have this real permissionless economy where you start a business by posting on Noster and then you accept your payments to your Noster profile for you know, mowing the lawns or walking dogs or some shit like that that you did without any like onboarding, getting permission from the banks to accept payments. That is, you know, Bitcoin is savings first and foremost, but then the next step is that permissionless economy. And that is the two halves of the same whole that we need to really fight back against the moneyed interest. hundred percent. Well, guys, uh, we wait, 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 well, last question, Nico, last question. Uh, Justin, what is the last two sets you want to leave with the audience? Last two sets, um, people are not bullish enough on Bitcoin. I know it's a cliche. It's like I've been around a while, man, and every new headline, every new obituary, every liar that can't uh, make a living selling lies anymore, they have to come over into the truth of Bitcoin. I just get more bullish every day. So um, as long as I've been in it, if you're, you're not bullish enough. Let me tell you that. You are not bullish. Enough. You heard it. You heard it. You heard it from this OG. Anyways, I do want to give a very special shout out to our guest, uh, Justin. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, you know covering this very very important topic. I think it is extremely important that that uh, that Bitcoiners really focus on building that second layer solution. So, uh, Justin, thank you so much. And uh, why don't you tell people where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah, uh, best place right now is uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm at ShockBTC, and from from there you'll be able to find links to um, Noster and Telegram and things like that. So at ShockBTC on Twitter, and the wallet is ShockWallet.app. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Really, really appreciate it. Guys, that was Simply Bitcoin Live on Monday, January 29th. If you enjoyed the show, you know to do, smash that like button. Consider subscribing if you feel like we provided you value. But the number one thing you could do to help push this peaceful Bitcoin revolution is orange pill your friends and family. Share Bitcoin content. Share Bitcoin culture. Share Bitcoin apps like the one that Justin just shared, you know? So, guys, uh, we are winning, but let's, let's not get lazy. Let's keep on the pressure so that we stay winning uh anyways love you guys if you enjoyed the show smash the like button consider subscribing i already said that love you i'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of simply bitcoin live peace out everybody